Now, um, I wanted to go back to the builds for a second, because one of the <laughs> things that I have seen is um, while a lot of people use the packages that we provide or other providers provide, there's still a fair number of people who want to build from source themselves. Is there any advice you could give them? Uh, well, uh, if we would speak about Perquana products, uh, each of our product in GitHub has build script, which can uh, which we use for our build process, and everyone can uh, use the script. Uh, they are done in the same way, uh, so they have just exactly the same flex. So you, uh, using these build scripts, you can install dependencies, get source code, create source packages, create binary tarballs, create binary packages for any platform we support. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hoss Talks Voss. Uh, this week's episode, I'm here with Evgeny uh, Patlin. Uh, hi, Evgeny. How are you? Hi, Matt. I'm okay. Thanks. So Evgeny works for Percona, and he is the manager of the build and release team. So he's out there uh, making sure that all of our builds and releases are done properly. Um, and I figured it would be really good uh, to talk to him a little bit about uh, what he does in that group. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about his background and also uh, talk a little bit about the work he's doing in his local community uh, around open source. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. So, Evgeny, uh, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background? Okay, uh, my background, uh, I, uh, originally I'm from Chernihiv and started here in Chernihiv Technological University. And then I joined Perkona almost six years ago and worked there as a build engineer, uh, building RPMs, devs, compiling all our services, uh, making a CICD pipeline and automating these builds. So uh, all our products are connected with me. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of builds because we support uh, quite a few platforms. Uh, uh, how 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 many platforms do we have? We have a lot, right? Uh, yeah, in general, we su currently we support uh, three CentOS uh, Red Hat systems. It's six, seven, eight. And uh, we support three Debian systems, is Debian 9, 10, and 11. And uh, Ubuntu LTS uh, 18.04 and 20.04. Yeah, so, and that's for each one of the products needs each one of those as well. Yeah. So, you, so, so right there, you've got uh, uh, eight different uh operating system versions and then you have to test every product that we have and all the versions of those products so um for those who don't know like if if we are supporting multiple versions let's say of mysql like mysql 5.7 mysql 8 um you know all of those need to be tested as well uh well but first of all it should be built and it's my work well, right built and then tested <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a lot of, of, of building, right? And you mentioned setting up a lot of automation for that. Maybe talk to us a little bit about the automation that's set up. What are we using? What's, what's our stack that we use to do our uh, automation for builds? Uh, we use uh, 
Jenkins for our builds. We create different ICD pipelines for these builds. And uh, what's interesting, we have uh, a few Jenkinses, as I remember, it's 13 Jenkins server, master servers. And the main part of them are using AWS spot instances. So we don't know when this master server can go down. And we just got a notification in two minutes before server will go down, down and we need to run new server for it. And we succeeded with this uh, because we uh, unmount partition, start a new server, and mount partition to a new server with all Jenkins information. And it takes less than two minutes. So wait, so what you're saying is we're since we're using spot instances, Spot yeah. instances can go up and down. Do, if the spot instance goes away, do we get a regular instance or do we try no, and bid for another spot? Another spot. Oh, okay. So so we're right now running everything um, uh, through through the Jenkins process with a spot instance running. The spot instance notifies us, hey, you're going to go down in two minutes or whatever. And then we quickly go bid on another spot instance and then mount the uh, EBS yep. volumes for all of that onto the other box and start rebuilding. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And wow. everything is automated. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And so is is the, the automation for bidding on the new spot instance and moving everything out, what's that built in? Uh, what do you mean? So is that part of the Jenkins pipeline there, or did, did we write uh, something custom for any of that? It's uh, done in cloud uh, formation, uh, AWS. Cloud formation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, when we're talking about like like builds like this and, and going through the build process, um, every, you know, like like we, we, we talk a little bit about, uh, you know, these different platforms we have. Um, there's also different hardware that can be, you know, built against as well. Now, right now, um, we're doing things for Intel and x86, but there's a lot of uh, discussion around ARM-based processors as well. Yeah, and it's really a tough question because currently we aren't doing any ARM builds, and it's pity because all of us struggling doing this, and I hope that. Soon, very soon, we'll have at least test builds for it. Because, you know, uh, just making a build is not a difficult task, but uh, the software which we build should be optimized for IRM. And that's the main question. Are we ready to optimize it? Well, I mean, it's not only being ready, it's also um, adding a new architecture like that uh, doubles the work. Right. So if everything's yeah. built for x86 and we're doing eight different operating systems and we've got um, five different products we're building. Right. So we've already got 40 builds that we're doing then. Um, if we're going to do that now, not only for x86, but also for ARM, then all of a sudden you jump to 80. Yeah, but uh, you also to uh, told that we have five build, uh, products, but it's not true because, for example, for PostgreSQL, we have, as I remember, eight components and <laughs> added yeah, eight more. Yeah. No, I, I use five. I five. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> because, yeah, each of the components needs to be built separate as well. So, I mean, literally, yeah. there's, there's hundreds. And so doubling that is quite um, – 
you know, it's not necessarily easy. Uh, so as these build processes uh, are, are running and as we are increasing, um, it becomes more difficult to keep, you know, visualize on all of them. So what sort of monitoring do you do for the build processes? And, you know, when something goes wrong with the build process, what do you do? How do you get in and fix it? Well, in general, uh, there is a such term in the DevOps world uh, called chat ops. Uh, so once the build has failed, it sends us just message that, hey, the build has failed. And we are going and check logs for it. So for each build, it might even take more than a day to figure out what's going on and fix the issue. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. so, I mean, it's, it's... would be tough. Oh, right. Yeah. So it tells you, hey, you know, you, so, so you get a Slack message. It's integrated into Slack. And yeah. it will say, my build is broken. Build whatever, you know, 1432. Uh, you should go look at this and yeah. you go out and then you'll debug that particular issue. And it could take you a day or two to figure out what was going on with it. Yeah. Wow. And sometimes uh, it, it just, oh, we, uh, we forgot uh, adding some maybe a comma in code <laughs> or just forgot to set tag. So set it and build this in progress. For example, Percona server for my scale build takes three hours and a half for all these platforms. So we oh, wow. couldn't yeah. just so monitor in, it. Yeah. And so as those builds uh, happen just for the one, if something happens in the middle, then you've got to go back, debug it, obviously, and yeah. fix it. Um, but it's not just about the build process failing. There's also the automated testing that has to occur after the fact, right? Uh, yeah, we have uh, automated package testing, which is done by our QA team. Uh, and uh, still, we uh, we need to add more improvements there because uh, it's, it would be great to uh, create a really big uh, continuous uh, delivery pipeline which will test everything automatically once build is done but currently uh, we, we cannot just say hey packages are okay we can proceed with the release we need to check right. functionality and we need still to integrate this yep and I mean, like, so that process, I mean, it's pretty big and complicated and there's a lot yeah. of different automations that uh, we have built in uh, to the, the the entire process there. Uh, and, and you mentioned that, you know, you uh, attended the technical university in Chernyarnov, uh, right? Um, so your local yeah. city there. Uh, and you are actually active in that open source community. Um, there's, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, the, the, the Shirnov cluster. Uh, well, uh, maybe four or five years ago, I don't remember exactly in Chernihiv, uh, a few UIT companies decided to build a local community because we are quite a small city, just 300,000 people. Uh, but, uh, we are not far from our capital, Kiev, just 150 kilometers. So you can understand that everyone goes to Kiev to work. And these companies decided to keep uh, 
IT specialists in our native city, and they created Chernihiv IT cluster. The purpose of this cluster is to build community and to uh, help students in the university to learn something new. Because you know that the program in university is quite, let's say, outdated. Because they're learning how to to work with maybe Pascal. <laughs> And uh, while I was studying, uh, I wrote some code in Assembler. <laughs> so it it's really outdated. And in university, it's tough to update the program. And uh, the main question is to have good uh, lectures, good professors. And that's why uh, IT classes decided to help them. Uh, and it's awesome that this year Birkona uh, become a participant of this cluster. And we already performed DevOps crash course for students and not only for students, there were uh, people from Kyiv, from uh, Slavutic. Uh, and uh, it was awesome because we talked about DevOps uh, previously. In Chernihiv, there was only two talks about DevOps, uh, maybe in the last four years. And uh, one of these two talks was my talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important that, like, I, I think you're right. A lot of... Uh, uh, folks who come out of university now, they have a, a, a good foundation from an academic perspective, but a lot of times it doesn't translate to real world work. Yeah, And I exactly. think it's, it's good to try and bridge that gap and bring more practical experience um, and, and help update some of the curriculum that they have. Now, you just gave a, a, a series of talks last week, correct? Uh, yes, yeah, there were six talks during this DevOps crash course, and four of them were done by Percone staff. <laughs> and uh, two more talks were done by uh, Chernihiv company Agile Vision. And it was really great because uh, all, all of us just added something new to the previous speaker. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. Our students got uh, certificates that confirmed that they participated in it. And uh, you see, I, I saw the real interest in students' eyes. And uh, it's the main idea of this course. And so what specifically was your section on? Like, can you give us maybe like a little bit of a, 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 a background into that? Well, I was talking about creating CI/CD pipelines in Jenkins. Uh, because mm. uh, it's, a, it's the main part of DevOps work. And uh, I found out may, uh, while interviewing uh, uh, people that... Uh, not all of them knows how, how it worked previously. What is the difference between uh, scripted and declarative pipelines? How to build them correctly? And that's why I decided to talk to, uh, about this. And uh, it requires not an, a lot of knowledge for students because everyone can build it. And uh, I just showed how to make a declarative pipeline with some bash code. 
Okay. All right. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting. You're giving that foundation to, you know, people who don't necessarily get it, um, which is good. And, uh, you know, helping those, uh, you know, students maybe come up and, and get some skills that they wouldn't otherwise see. So that's always a very good positive. Now, um, I wanted to go back to the builds for a second, because one of the (laughs) things that I have seen is, um, while a lot of people use, the packages that we provide or other providers provide, there's still a fair number of people who want to build from source themselves. Right. Um, yeah. And this really <laughs> tough question. <laughs> so maybe give us a couple pointers for those who are interested in building from source. Are there any, is there any advice you could give them? Uh, well, uh, if we would speak about Perquana products, uh, each of our product in GitHub has build script, which can uh, which we use for our build process, and everyone can uh, use the script. Uh, they are done in the same way, uh, so they have just exactly the same flex. So you, uh, using these build scripts, you can install dependencies, get source code, create source packages, create binary tarballs, create binary packages for any platform we support. And it's easy. Uh, maybe uh, a year ago, I created a blog post about how to build Percona server for MySQL using this build script. And uh, for last maybe a f- two or three months, I got a lot of requests about how to build Percona extra DB cluster. And my answer was, hey, just Take this link to build script and use this blog post. But uh, I see that uh, still I need to explain how to use it. And uh, maybe this month uh, I would create one more blog post about how to build Percona Extra DB cluster. And uh, it, it would uh, really help because I got maybe five or seven questions about it. Yeah. So there is a build script out there for those who are interested in building from source. Um, if you use that, it will give you all of the commands and you can modify as you need or adjust from that. It gives a, a pretty good starting point um, if you're interested. Um, and I think that that's a, a, a good advice to, to start with something that's there. And we'll put a link to your blog in this video um, and in the, the, the description so people can get to it if they're interested in learning how to uh, build from source uh, themselves. Um, so, uh, Evgeny, I wanted to thank you for coming on and chatting with us today. Um, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your time talking to us a little bit about uh, the build and release process here. Um, also, uh, a, a little bit about the uh, uh, local community that you are building in your uh, local city. Um, but uh, appreciate the time. Thank you, Matt. And uh, I'm really happy to participate in this session. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.